0: You're listening to the Tiny Course Empire podcast with Cindy Bidar. This is episode number 8, and today it's all about list building. I'm going to give you the inside scoop on what I've done this year to grow my email list, what's working really, really well for me, and something scary I'm considering trying in the very near future. Stick around to get all the details. Welcome to the Tiny Course Empire podcast a weekly show dedicated to helping you launch and grow your digital course business, even if you don't have a big team or a six-figure ads budget. We'll help you design smart systems, take consistent action, and achieve massive success on your own terms. Now, here's your host, Cindy Bedar. Hey guys, welcome back and happy Thursday or you know, whatever day you're listening to this. Back on episode six of this podcast, I gave you a step-by-step plan for creating an email funnel from deciding on your opt-in offer to closing the sales with your amazing and timely calls to action. But those opt-in offers and email funnels are just a tiny part of your overall email list building plan, and that's something I didn't fully understand when I was just starting out online. I had heard the advice, of course, to create an opt-in gift. And I did it. I didn't do it particularly well, as you'll hear in that episode, but I did create an opt-in offer, but it just wasn't enough. It might have been, even as bad as it was, it might have been enough if I'd had more traffic, but with just a handful of visits to my site every day, it was pretty clear that it would take me years to build a meaningful list of subscribers. I'd love to tell you that I sat right down and made a plan and that all of my list building efforts fell right into place after that. I really wish I was that smart, but I'm just not. It took me a while, years even, to figure out how to actually grow an email list, and it turned out that I was making it so much harder than it had to be. So that's what we're talking about today, how to make it easy to grow your email list. Before we dig into what I do to grow my list, I want to start off with the things that I don't do. And the big one here is paid advertising, which I've never put any serious effort into. If in the beginning I had had the money to throw at Facebook or Google or some other ads network I might have been able to fast track my list building efforts. At the time, I was bootstrapping everything, so I just didn't have the budget for it. And honestly, I'm kind of glad I didn't go that route because it's not just about the cost of the advertising. Using paid ads is more about understanding how to find the right audience on the right network with the right offer so that you don't fill your list with thousands of subscribers who won't ever buy from you. Or even worse, so you don't end up spending 10 or 20 or even more to just get a new lead. So like I said, I've dabbled in ads in the past, but it's not something I'm doing right now, nor do I have any plans for it in the near future. Now, maybe someday when I want to put the time and the energy into becoming good at it, I will, but that's not my focus right now. Another thing I don't use is social media. You may not know this, but a couple of months ago, I deactivated or I deleted all of my social accounts. If you've looked for me on Facebook or Instagram and couldn't find me, that's why. And truthfully, I never really used social for business anyway. It was always personal connections. So as a list builder, social media just was never a thing for me. Now, In the interest of full disclosure, at the time of this recording, I did just agree to partner with social media app Missing Letter for a 90-day social trial. So if you start to see me popping into your feed on Facebook or Twitter, that's what's going on. I'm going to report back on how that works out for me and whether or not I'll continue with it. But up to this point, social media has not been a factor in my list building efforts at all. Okay, so if those are the things I don't do, what exactly do I do to grow my list? Well, let's talk about the eight strategies that I've used in the last year to add about 3,000 engaged subscribers to my list, and I'll let you in on the one scary thing that I'm seriously considering that I think might be a big winner for me. Okay, strategy number one is to sell things. Now, You might not think of products as list builders, but all of the courses and the toolkits and the other offers I have do bring subscribers to my list. It's actually the most critical piece of my list building efforts because a buyer on my list is worth far more than just someone who opts in. And that's true for your lists as well. Now, of course, I don't do this alone. I have to have a way to attract those new buyers. Otherwise, I'd just be making offers to the same people over and over again. And that's not sustainable long term. And this is what I was talking about before when I said I was making it harder than it had to be. I told myself for a long time that I needed a list before I could start selling, but what I really needed was just to get some help from some other people, which brings me to strategy number two, which is to partner with affiliates. Without traffic or a list of my own to promote to and without money to spend on ads, I had to figure out a different way to get eyes on my products, so I created an affiliate program. If you're not familiar with the term, an affiliate program or a referral program, as it's sometimes called, is an agreement between you and your partners that rewards them for sending customers to you. Now, obviously, this one isn't technically free since I do pay my affiliates, but I'm counting it as free for this list because there are no upfront costs. With ads, you have to pay in advance and then you hope that you get leads and that those leads turn into customers. With affiliates, you only pay them when they make a sale, so there's no out-of-pocket expense that you have to budget for ahead of time. That means for brand new digital product creators like I was, an affiliate program, and one or two friends with established lists who are willing to send an email, that can really kickstart your list building efforts without causing a big dent in your operating budget. Back in 2018, when I had just decided to pivot from service provider to product creator, I released my operations and marketing checklist pack. And a friend of mine, Tracy Roberts from Piggy Makes Bank, messaged me to ask if she could promote it. Of course I said yes, right? And a few days later, thanks mostly to Tracy's emails, I had added 300 new subscribers to my own email list. I get similar results to that even today when I release a course that strikes the right chord with an affiliate and their audience. So leveraging those relationships is one of the best ways to keep my email list growing. I'm always on the lookout for new affiliates to partner with, and I make it a point to stay in close contact with my, affi- with my existing affiliates as well. I partner with other business owners in different ways too, and that's strategy number three. One new thing I was invited to try this year was an email swap with Debbie Gartner, the flooring girl. We both agreed to give away an entire course for free to the others' email list. I'd never done anything like this before and I didn't quite know what to expect, but I was really very pleased with the results. If I recall correctly, and I may not have these numbers exactly right, but this one added around 300 new subscribers to my list. The key here is to partner with somebody who has a similar audience, but where there's not a lot of overlap in subscribers. It wouldn't make a lot of sense to do an email swap with someone who shares 80 or 90% of your list, for example, because then you're just not bringing in new people. You're just recycling the same old people. Not that there's anything wrong with the old people, but the aim here should be to branch out into newer audiences. By far my biggest list builder of the past several years is strategy number four, and that's participating in bundles and giveaways. Let me explain how these work in case you're not familiar with them. Bundles and giveaways are actually two different things, but I'm going to lump them together because they're similar when you use them as list builders. How a bundle works is that someone is the host and they invite course and product creators to donate a product which the host then bundles all together and sells access to all of those products for a small fee. Then when a customer buys the bundle, the host provides instructions for them to get access to all of the courses or products or software or whatever. The customer can then choose whatever they want from the bundle and get access to it just by opting into the course or product sellers list. A giveaway works exactly the same way, except the customers don't pay to get access. They just opt into the giveaway host's list in order to gain access to all the goodies in the giveaway. Now, you might be wondering why on earth I would give away a course just so someone else can sell it or give it away for free. So here's the appeal. When you participate in a bundle or a giveaway, you also agree to promote it. So, for example, over Thanksgiving each year, I participate in the Feast of Education event that Kathy Demers of Business Success Dot com hosts. As a participant, I'll email for that event several times, and so will all of the other course creators who take part. And so will Kathy. So together, our combined lists total somewhere in the hundreds of thousands, which means that lots of buzz about the event happens, lots of opt-ins happen, and potentially lots of new subscribers for everyone who participates. You can think of it as a great big email list swap, right? Some of the best bundles and giveaways that I've participated in have been BC Stack, which this year added around 700 new subscribers to my list, and Ultimate Bundles, which brought me another 400 subscribers or so. And of course, Kathy's Feast of Education is always a winner too. Now, not everything has been a big winner for me, and I'm a lot more selective about the events that I do take part in, mostly because my marketing calendar is almost always full. Also, many of the bundle and giveaway offers that come across my desk share my existing audience and it makes much more sense, like we already talked about, to focus my limited promotional time on getting in front of new audiences rather than being presented to the same audiences over and over again. Regardless, this is a great strategy and if you have a few products already available, it's one that's really easy to implement. The only problem is... Where do you find these amazing bundles and giveaways to participate in? People ask me all the time how to find good giveaways, and I wish I had a secret weapon to share with you. Often you won't hear about events like this until it's already happening and it's too late to throw your hat in the ring. There are some annual or even more frequent events like BC Stack and Ultimate Bundles that you can apply to, and I'll post the links to those in the show notes. I will also post a link to a resource page from Val Selby, who manages a lot of these bundles. She has a page on her website where she has a calendar of upcoming events, so you're going to want to check that out too. Be sure to bookmark that link. Another thing that you can do is to let your business friends know that you're looking for events to participate in. What often happens is that those who are hosting events will ask for recommendations from their participants for other people who might be interested. So by putting the word out to your business friends and colleagues, you're inviting people to share your contact info with those event hosts. And honestly, once you're in one or two higher profile giveaways or bundles, you aren't going to have to go looking for them to participate in again. They will come looking for you. You might find that some of the giveaway event organizers do ask for a participation fee. That makes this not always a free option. And in the past, I've been against this pay to play model, especially since I'm driving a not insignificant amount of traffic to the organizers list as well. In other words, they're not doing this out of the goodness of their hearts, they're growing their own email lists too. But that said, I find it is worth paying in some cases when the participant list is one that's beneficial for me to be associated with and when there is not, like I said, a lot of overlap with the lists that are coming to the party. Okay, on to strategy number five, and that's speaking at virtual events such as telesummits or on webinars. In the past year, I've spoken at Kathy Demir's Business Success Cafe, I've spoken at Lisa Atkinson's Blogging Success Summit, I've spoken at Tanya Sutherland's VA Virtuosos event, and several others. I also present webinars with my affiliate partners. Not all of these were winners either, to be honest. Some resulted in only a handful of new subscribers, but list building, even though that's the focus of this episode, is not really the only benefit of speaking. Maybe the biggest draw is just in building brand awareness. The more places you can be seen and the more as-seen-on credits you can earn, the more opportunities will come your way. It's easier to land an interview spot when you can point to other interviews you've done. Event hosts pay attention to other events and use their speaker lineup as a directory of sorts when they're looking to fill their own speaking schedule. And you just never know when a future customer is in the audience. Creating more opt-in offers is high on my list of list building strategies as well, and this one comes in at number six. Opt-in offers or lead magnets don't have to be big involved things. Just the other day, I was talking to a client who told me that on a recent video by the team at Thrive Themes, they recommended spending no more than an hour creating any one lead magnet. That's some advice I can get behind because I think a lot of times we really overthink these things and they end up taking us so much longer than they're really worth. It's a lead magnet, not a plan for world peace. Get it done, get it out there, and then make another one and another one and another one. One of my favorite opt-in offers or lead magnets to create is what's called a content upgrade. That's where you create an opt-in gift or a freebie that's specific to a piece of content. For example, if you go over to the show notes for this episode and you'll find them at tinycourseempire.com forward slash eight, the number eight. If you go there and you scroll down to the bottom of the show notes, you're going to find a freebie that I made you just for this episode. It's a checklist of 26 additional ideas you can use to grow your mailing list. And because it's specific to this episode or this content, it's a content upgrade. Now, I love content upgrades because they let you really segment your list. If you drop your name and your email into the form in the show notes for this episode, for example, I will already know a couple of things about you. I'll know, number one, that you're a podcast listener, which is awesome. Thank you for that. And I will also know that you're interested in list building. Knowing those two things lets me tailor my content and my emails just for you. And I think that's pretty cool. So not only am I growing my list, but I'm doing it in a way that allows me to offer more value to you, which in turn creates better engagement and better engagement means fewer unsubscribes, which helps my list keep growing. Make sense? But here's the thing, the best lead magnet in the world won't do you any good at all if nobody sees it, which is why my seventh list building strategy is to make sure my opt-in offers get seen. If you go to my site at CindyBedar.com, you will see opt-in offers in the sidebar on the blog, in the header, at the top of the homepage, and in what's known as a welcome mat or an overlay, which is just a full page pop-up that shows up when you first land on the page. I may even have some pop-ups on select pages, but to be honest, I don't use those too much. The point is to give potential subscribers lots of opportunities to grab something of value and get on my list. Remember that just because you're aware of an offer, you meaning the business owner, not everybody has seen it. Or maybe they saw it and like I do, they immediately reached for that little X to close the form so that they can finish reading the article or listening to the podcast or whatever. Honestly, I cannot tell you how many times I've seen something intriguing on that form, just in the instant that I clicked to close it. And then I couldn't figure out how to get it back so I could actually opt in. Once I started to think that I hadn't heard from a particular marketer for a while and I had missed his emails. So I, I wasn't hearing from him and I, you know, I, I knew that I had dropped off his list somehow. I thought maybe I'd unsubscribed. So I went to his site to find an opt-in form and I couldn't even find one. I had to actually message him to get back on his list. Now, Most people are not going to go to that much trouble just to get on your email list. So make sure that you give them lots of opportunities to see your opt-in offers and to take action if they want to. Don't make them work for it. Okay, last one. And this one isn't so much about getting the opt-in as it is about building the relationships after you do. See, there's a whole lot more to list building than just driving signups. It's equally important, or maybe even more so, to engage with subscribers after they opt in. That means a consistent email schedule is a must for me and something I recommend for you as well. When I used to email sporadically and sometimes not for weeks or months at a time, every email I sent resulted in a flurry of unsubscribes and a few spam complaints. That's just because people went so long without hearing from me that they forgot who I was or why they subscribed in the first place. A consistent email schedule is the best way to prevent that. And by consistent, I mean at least weekly. You don't have to mail six days a week like I do, but you should be sending something every single week. And along with a consistent email routine, a regular list cleanup routine is helpful as well. Every other month or so, I do a search in ActiveCampaign, which is my list provider. I do a search for anyone who hasn't opened or clicked any email or visited my website in 90 days or more, and I unsubscribe them. And that, combined with consistent emailing, helps keep my open rates high and higher open rates, sends a signal to email providers like Gmail that I'm not a spammer and results in better deliverability. So there you have it. Eight things that I did in the past year to grow my list and that you can do as well. Number one, create and sell digital products or courses. Number two, create an affiliate program and get other people to help you sell your products and courses. Number three, partner with other business owners in different ways. Number four, participate in bundles and giveaways. Number five, speak at virtual events. Number six, create more opt-in offers. And number seven, give your website a generous sprinkling of opt-in forms so that your site visitors have plenty of opportunities to join your list. And finally, number eight, email consistently and keep your list clean and engaged. And I promised you that I would share one thing I'm considering, and that's placing a course up for sale on AppSumo. If you haven't heard of AppSumo, they're a marketplace for digital sellers. They have a huge audience And some pretty big companies have launched on AppSumo with really good results. Now, I said I'm considering it, and let's face it, I'll probably go for it, but it's a scary thing to put yourself out there in front of tens of thousands of Sumolings, as the AppSumo fans are called. They can have pretty high expectations, so I want to make sure whatever I offer over there really over-delivers. I'll keep you posted on how that one works out. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you. Head over to the show notes for this episode at tinycourseempire forward slash eight. That's the number eight, tinycourseempire.com slash eight. And tell me what list building strategies are working for you right now and what you're going to do in the future to add more subscribers to your mailing list. If you need some ideas, be sure to grab that content upgrade that I have for you at the bottom of the show notes, which is going to give you 26 more mostly free ideas that you can start using. I can't wait to hear what's coming up for you and what's working in your list building efforts. Have a terrific day, everyone. And I will talk to you again next week. If you like what you hear on the Tiny Course Empire podcast, you're going to love all of the courses you'll find inside my Six Figure Systems membership. That's my monthly membership where we dig into online marketing for regular people like you and me. We don't do big launches or have the big headaches and the big expenses that come with them. Instead, we focus on creating repeatable, sustainable systems that continue to grow over time and that don't suck up all of our energy or require a 10 person team to manage. You can come see what we're all about at sixfiguresystems.com and I'll see you on the inside.